What is up, Recovery Warriors? Welcome, welcome, welcome to this Saturday Night Soul Session live with me, LC, and you. And I'm super excited and grateful, as always, to be here. Man, this has been an amazing week of, uh, of trials, of growth, of happiness and joy. And it's been such a special week for me because I got the opportunity to connect with our local quick response team and really be able to get back in touch and, and, and grasp on what's really going out there in that place of, of active, you know, where people are hurting, people are dying, families are being affected, you know, and, and being, being asked to help make a new updated um, video for our city and our state and our county to help bring awareness to this has really honestly been such a blessing to me. Sometimes it can be almost easy to be detached from that place of, you know, being in that active space of substance use and, and coping and, and I, I always am grateful for those moments where I get to go back in and reconnect and and just remember where people are and the amount of pain and anguish that is going on. And right now, y'all, I, I mean, it's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. We're losing people at an alarming rate. And to me, this equals families that are left with these huge voids within them, the children of people that don't make it out of this alive, you know, we don't even know how their lives are going to be affected as of yet. So I want to tell you, I'm so super grateful to be here with you amazing humans tonight. And for those that will watch this on the replay, man, I thank you. It is my honor to be able to get to share something like this with you. And it really goes back to the topic of tonight. You know, the power of choice is what we as human beings have. And sometimes it can work out for the positive. Sometimes it can really work out for the negative, as a lot of us know. But when it comes to that, that statement of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, we need to realize that there is a choice in that statement. There is a choice in the way that we get to perceive our lives. That is the absolute beauty of recovery. And we don't, you don't have to have 10 years in recovery to be able to come to a place of acceptance in that your life has, has certain, has certain points of destiny, but we get to choose. That's the, the beauty of what's called free will is we get to determine our destiny. And so the topic for tonight is what hasn't killed us has made us stronger. And there's power in making that choice. Let me say some hellos. What's up, Sarah Jane? Boy, what's up, Brandy? Hello, my soul sister, Pamela Topchi. And if anyone else is watching that I didn't call you out, realize that we're we're streaming live through StreamYard on six platforms right now. I do want to apologize. Um, StreamYard, I've been working on getting us live back live in the um in in the um, transgender mentor Facebook page, but as of tonight, I couldn't get it done, so we're not live there. But we are live on the transgender mentor YouTube channel as well, because this topic tonight is not just a recovery topic. This is a topic that touches you 
everywhere you are in your life. We all have a story. We all have a story. And it's how we perceive, embrace, or resist that story that that helps us walk into our future and determines what type of future and right now that we're going to have. So I'm so grateful for my recovery. I'm so grateful for all of the people that will watch this tonight, regardless of where you are. We're all in recovery. If we're trying to heal, because recovery is about healing. Recovery doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that that we're conquering a substance use disorder. And I want you guys to know that I'm older <laughs> and I've been in this game for a long time. And sometimes I go back and forth between old language of addiction and addict and you know, and I try not to use clean and sober because those things, you know, our words have power. And when we use words like clean, it implies that there's a dirtiness. You know, everything has an equal and opposite. And so when we use words like I'm clean and sober, it, it, it can imply that someone who isn't is dirty and drunk, you know or dirty and using. And that's not the case. We're all human beings. We're all out here trying to cope. We're all doing the best that we can, even though it may not look like that to other people. We're all doing the best we can. You know, drugs saved my life. I'm just going to be honest and be real with you. Drugs saved my life. It almost took my life. But I don't think that I could have coped with the amount of pain and confusion and and anger that I was walking around with without them. So we always have to look at how there there is a balance. And I spent a lot of years regretting my past. I spent a lot of years in blame and in shame and in anger. And I was just a person who was floating through life as basically the victim of life. And I had no idea. And neither did you. Anyone who's watching this, no matter what stage of the game or the healing game you're in. When you know better, you can do better. But until then. When you don't have the awareness that we are co-creating this life and these circumstances, then you don't know. You're just a ship out on the ocean, you know, with no charted course. And so, you know, we do what we have to do to survive. And that's basically it. So we're going to talk about that tonight. First, I want to do some shout outs to give you some amazing reading material. You know, shout out to to Danny from the Sober app who actually took a reading suggestion this past week and uh, and is reading it and doing well. That's the 12 Universal Laws of Success. That's by Herbert Harris and you can order that on Amazon. But you can also get this amazing book by my good friend and soul sister Pamela Topjian. I didn't come this far to only come this far. Talk about a story that goes right along with this topic today. What hasn't killed me has made me stronger, you know, and in this healing journey, Pamela has written this memoir and it is it is beautiful for whoever you are. I call Pamela every woman because she is. And so for her to have the courage and the awareness and have gone through so much healing to write a book like this that can give hope in any space that you're in, you know, it. it any space is just amazing. 
and it's beautiful and it's an amazing book and it's called I Didn't Come This Far. It only come this far and you can pick that up on Amazon and you can type in the title or you can just type in Pamela M. Top Gen and look at all the other beautiful and amazing artwork and original journals that she has that could really help you along the way in your life. And I love this book as well by Dr. Peg O'Connor. It is called Higher and Friendly Powers. This book is just amazing to me because 12 Steps helps people every single day. There are many of you out there that if you're not already in a 12-step program, you've been in a 12-step program, and you've taken something away. And some people, sometimes people stay away from 12 steps because of some of the more Christian God language in there. And so Peg went back to... Um, I can't even remember the philosopher's name, William James, and went back because Bill W., who came up with the concept of the 12-step program, was inspired by the philosophy of William James. And, and Peg has, great, has written this book out of that, um, out of William James's work that basically has just transforms addiction and suffering and, and helps people through the 12-step program that, that are kind of alienated because of that more that god language and you know it's because william james used the term higher and friendly powers and so it's a beautiful book you can pick that up at pegoconnorauthor.com you can also follow peg on tiktok instagram and facebook at the sober philosopher peg is an amazing human being a beautiful soul in this recovery game. And you can also check out the episode that I did with uh, Peg O'Connor just a, about a month or two ago on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at recovery soul food. So I'm so grateful for y'all. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're sharing your energy with me. I've said a prayer. I'm moving out of the way. I'm going to let my higher and friendly powers do their deal. And we're going to talk about what hasn't killed us, made us stronger tonight. So if you're ready to get into this Saturday night soul session live with me, I'll see. Then let's grow, baby. Right, all right. Let's talk about it. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. What's up, Chip Dip? Chip Dip in the house. I'm glad you're doing better, man. What a great living nurse you've got. Awesome. So I'm super excited about this. You know, like I said earlier, I had the opportunity to really connect back into the the active um, the active pain community, and to realize that since our local quick response team was formed in 2018 that numbers have gotten worse you know we've gone through a national world pandemic we have a lot of people that had just possibly you know just entered into recovery and then the pandemic comes and we just have a lot of hurting people in the world just have a lot of hurting people in the world. And I am so grateful when my eyes are open to people's true struggles and what people are really going through. And it has really led me down this path of introspection where I started realizing 
how different my life is today versus how I, I lived my life so many years ago because I came from a past that was abusive. I came from a past that was very confusing. I came from a past where I didn't feel safe or protected. And in those times, I didn't even realize. You see, sometimes we don't realize is when we're children and we're going through abusive situations, we click into survival mode. We don't have a frontal lobe that that gives us the ability to be aware or think through different things or make informed choices about our lives. I often think about this documentary that I saw a few years ago, and it was something about daisies and orchids. And basically, a daisy can grow in any environment. A daisy will grow up through a crack in the sidewalk in the middle of New York City where there's no grass to be found and it will grow. But the majority of us are more like orchids and and orchids have to be monitored. Orchids have to be very cared for. Orchids don't just grow wild on their own. I mean, they're, they're very intricate and they have to really be nurtured. And so for a lot of us, Growing up in situations that maybe we didn't understand, we, we, we clicked into survival. And because we don't really understand how the brain works, we don't understand, you know, what, what processes are happening. We build these walls up around us that are to keep us safe. But at some point, at some point, those same walls begin to keep us imprisoned. And it's, to me... One of the most freeing times in my life is when I started becoming aware that I had a choice. And the true power of choice and, and how that could change my entire life. Not that necessarily all my circumstances change, but when our perception changes, because see, it is our perception and what we it is how we operate through the world. And somebody cuts you off in traffic and you take it personal, that's a perception. And I often use that example because that example hit, hit home for me because it made so much sense. Because, of course, the guy who cut me off doesn't know me. It's not personal. But that was the perception that I had. And therefore, it would invoke an emotional reaction from me. And then the ball would be rolling from there. And if you've ever noticed, if you wake up in the morning and you start to have these emotional reactions, they begin to build on each other. And my entire life, up until I stepped into recovery 10 years ago, <clears throat> was that of not understanding perception and not really realizing that my story belonged to me. That everyone else around me, even in the times of being a child and, and going through abuse and going through such confusion, that still in that, every other human being are having their own experiences in life. And what would be so important to me, unexpressed, would fall on other people having their own lives. And then what happens is I pull back and say, my needs aren't getting met. And then you become angry and resentful. And I guess 
we have to begin on, you know, really how that perception occurs. And then how in the world do we begin to change that perception? Because I know that when I used to hear people say, well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I would think, fuck you. You know, like you don't you don't know what I'm going through. Like you don't know what it's like to be me. And I didn't understand because once again, you take it all in personal. But today where I stand, I know that that's the truth. Because I've worked very hard to heal and change the perceptions in my life through recovery. So yesterday when I was making the get the, the video and the question was, well, how has the opioid epidemic affected you? I got to sit in a place of pure honesty where I could say it has been one of the greatest gifts of my life without the, that experience. I would likely not be sitting here. Had I just had a, a regular old life, whatever that means, but if I'd have just had a life that went smooth, would I be this in touch with myself? Would I honestly get to see the world in the way that I see it now? Would I have ever gone deeper than, than the surface of what I saw? Would I have ever known? that I had the power to choose to change my life. And so for me, it doesn't really matter. In fact, I hope you see this video if you are either still out actively coping or maybe you're brand new to this healing journey. Because I think if you can really grab a hold of this information and let it begin to open up your awareness and your world, you can white knuckle a little less. Everything that I do right now was born out of the days that I was white knuckling through trying to figure this whole recovery thing out. All the times that I would just have to hang on to my bedpost because all I wanted to do was go back out and just make the pain stop for a minute. And so if there's a possibility that I can share something that I've been through and you can grab a hold of that in an earlier space, then you can truly begin to experience your life in a completely different way. And the way we get to that place of, of really understanding and feeling like what doesn't kill us makes us stronger is by choice. We have the opportunity of choice in every moment of our lives. And when we are tempted to start replaying over and over the story that we tell ourselves about our life, now I'm not making light of it, you know, but we have a narrative. We have a narrative. If my belief was I'm God's little joke, that anything crazy or shitty you wanted to put on a person, you just gave it all to me, then that's the story that I'm telling myself. And that is the evidence that I am looking for. And seek, you will find. 
you will absolutely find. That's so much why when you start getting into a, a repetitive thought pattern early in the morning, be it positive or negative, it builds on top of each other and you just start seeing that stuff. You know, they, they call it the reticular activating system in the brain. And, and, and that's basically what our focus becomes. You know, when you buy a car, maybe you think it's a unique car and then all of a sudden you buy one and then you see them everywhere. You're like, geez, I never had any. That's that reticular activating system. So what we seek, we will find. So the longer we tell ourselves the old narrative, then the, the longer we will continue to experience that old narrative and everything that goes along with it. And that will make you feel powerless or it can make you feel and understand how powerful you truly are. So when the old story begins to play, what will you do? Will you realize in the moment that you become aware of it that you have a different choice to make? That I, I don't have to feel guilty and shameful about my past. I don't have to carry this great load of regret. I can choose to know that I went through all of that and there's a greater purpose for it. Maybe it ain't clear right now. Maybe you don't know what this purpose is. Maybe you can't even possibly imagine what that purpose is. But it doesn't matter. Because if you can grab the fact that there is a higher purpose to it all, then it can give you an easier, it can give you an inspiration, if you will. To continue to move through, to continue. And I think it's so, so, so important to realize that there is something at play that is much bigger than all of us. Now, I'm not asking you to name whatever that is. I'm not asking you to buy into the names I give it. I'm asking you to just ponder the thought that there may be something bigger at work in the universe that is just bigger than you. And maybe, just maybe, you can connect with whatever that is for you and find a deeper meaning for your life. I do this because it certainly gives all of that meaning. Without it, I would be tempted to think, well, what is all this for? I made a hard boundary for myself. When I began this journey, that I was not going to suffer for suffering's sake. That if I was going to suffer from that moment on, it was going to be for a higher purpose. Now, I had no clue what that higher purpose was. But just that thought alone, just that choice, just that decision led me down a path of being able to open up my perception and see my past and my story in a different manner. And that's been a great gift. That's been a great gift. You know, we have so many different parts of the brain, but if we if we look at it from the top and we see the, the left side and the right side, <clears throat> you know, your right side is I want your left side is I will. And these are the sides that are often at war in us when we step from an abusive background or step from a habit that we want to change into something, something new.
And they often say that it takes 21 days of something because our thought patterns are habits. Believe that. Our emotional brain actually lives in the middle of these two. Now, I'm not going to try to spout out all the words and the places that they're called because I will mess that up. But our emotional brain is what's generally running our entire experience of life compounded with trauma after trauma and pain and pain and regret and all the things that go on with it. They just build on top of each other until we're moving through life, just emotionally reacting. And we feel like we have no control. We feel like we have no control whatsoever. And yeah, it is very, very hard to start picking those things apart and create some type of, of, of control. But it starts with small choices. You know, I can't ask you to change your whole perception and your whole life in this one video and in one day because that's not how it works. We have habits of thought. We have habits of perception. And they are built from our protective walls and survival. And in, in everything you've all ever heard from me, I've told you one of the most important keys to beginning to heal your entire experience is awareness. We have to know thyself enough to begin to become aware of when we are moving down those habitual paths of thoughts and reactions. <clears throat> if you've always felt like a victim, then somebody can walk in a room and say something and you can take it personally. You can take it and mold it within that perception of yours and you can become a victim. And that's born out of survival, not because you want to be a victim, but you don't realize there's any other way. So if you're watching this video tonight, I've just messed you up because I'm letting you know there's another way. But you got to begin to dissect this in small intervals. And I'm going to urge you not to try to do this by yourself. Because. How, how can you expand your experience if you only stay within yourself? See, we have to learn how to get to know ourselves and truly know what makes us tick, know what our reactions are, know what our triggers are. You know, I dissect relapse. I dissected it because I realized the greatest strategy to success was to study my failures. And regardless of what space you're in, whoever it is that you're looking at right now with and you admire for whatever it is they they have or they do or how they they live their lives, then then in that is many choices. In that is is strategy in their success lies many failures i don't care who you're looking at success has to only come from a certain amount of failures because nobody jumps out of the gate and knows how to do all this stuff different so we have to be able to be willing to spend time with ourselves we have to be willing to take apart those things that that on 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 the surface, on impact, are going to feel like they really hurt.
let's take apart, because it's easy, let's take apart your last relapse. Can you remember it? Can you think about it right now? And if you don't struggle with substance use disorder or, or a, a, a negative habit, can you think about having a relapse of thought? Can you think about those days that you just don't stay positive or grateful? That you just that you're involved in everything that comes your way, that you take every invitation for an argument, that you take every inv invitation for, you know, to, to get involved in someone else's crap. Let's take that day apart. Let's go back to where it started. Let's go back even past what we can remember, because a lot of times we remember the trigger and we remember the act. But we don't often look at what began to lead up. So this is a vital, vital tool and a vital process for you to begin to really look at how all this stuff gets formed and so that you can get out in front of it next time. I want to tell you something that gives me great heartburn. I get so upset and sad when I see somebody whether on social media or, or wherever, say, well, I'm back to day one. I screwed it all up. I relapsed. I, while I realize there is a purpose in counting our time because our brain also needs that reward center to keep going, I realize there's a purpose for us for that. But sometimes we get so caught up in that time that one moment can seem like it steals it all away from you. And that's bullshit. This is a process. This will never be perfection because we're not just dealing with, with substance use disorders. We are in recovery because we are healing ourselves from the inside out. And how in the world when we don't know every circumstance that is coming. That's why we use tools. That's why we gather tools. And I, I, I'm going to tell you this again, too. You got to beware when, when people are, are, are sharing, especially about this stuff. I don't play about people's recovery, and I don't play about people's mental health. There are a lot of pretty and snazzy things that people can say. And sometimes I think it's it's very dangerous for people within maybe even the first three years of this journey to begin to to share a whole lot and, and gain great following. Because after a certain point, you're just sharing stuff for the purpose of sharing it, because how how are you how are you utilizing what it is that you share? This stuff takes time. We can pick up the tool, but it takes time and experience and practice to put the tool to work. That's why I will not ever share something or a suggestion to any person out here on the through the sound of my voice that I have not 100% been walking through, have utilized, and still learning every day because there's something to continue to learn and new tools that come at different times of the journey.
So I realize for recovery influencers, it can be very tempting to gain great following and get high off of likes and get high off of ad adulation, get high off of feeling important, but it can also become very dangerous. In this, in this space, we deal in people's lives and their mental health, and that can go wrong just like that. So you got to be gathering your tools from trusted sources. And most of a, a lot of the tools you already possess. And one of the biggest ones is please dissect that last time that you feel like you threw it all away or you're starting back over at day one. Number one, here's a big tool. Stop doing that shit to yourself. This is a process. It is absolutely a process and you are going to be going through this process until the day you take your last breath here. So if you hold yourself up to a certain standard of where you think you ought to be or where you think people think you ought to be, then you're almost setting yourself up to take a hard dive. So when you're working on things like this, you know, and I say this to people, if you don't feel safe, if you're not in a space yet where you feel strong enough to go back through some of those old memories and begin to dissect them, then don't do it alone. Have professional, you know, therapists and counselors around you. Have soul, a soul tribe, soul sisters and soul brothers and, and soul humans. Create a new tribe around you and lean in. Read material that calls to your soul. Begin the whole journal process. I love to get books that have workbooks. I love them. You know, The Body Keeps the Score is one of my favorites, and it has a workbook that comes along with it. And when you're doing that, you can really feel like you're in a safer, more constrained space where you have these, these prompts and you're able to really start looking into these things and take this information and apply it into your own life and where you are. But again, I don't suggest... If you find it hard to be by yourself, if you find it very, very hurtful to go back through your past still, then don't do this by yourself. But if you're strong enough, begin to take these moments apart. Begin to, to not just look at the trigger and the action, but look at the thoughts and the emotions and the perceptions that brought you to that place. Because I guarantee you, it didn't happen in the trigger and boom. The trigger is when you light the fuse and the fuse hits the bomb. That's where the trigger comes in. But the fuse was lit already. You can be stressed. You can get physically tired. You can be emotionally tired. You can have way too much going on in your life. And all of these things, your health, your wealth, your, your relationships, all of that is going to play a part in when that fuse hits the bomb. And so I'm not saying that you don't make amends where you're supposed to, but how about starting with you? 
Have you made amends with you? Have you begun to speak to yourself in a different way? Because if your words are one of are 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 the power that you yield in this life. And what you say about yourself is so important. And if you're trying to change your inner story, if you're trying to discover your inner story, then the words that you say are basically writing that story. I was God's little joke. <clears throat> Anything that could happen and go wrong, it happened to me. Nobody cared enough about me to protect me. Um, <clears throat> why did I have to be born with this type of confusion? And for people like myself, in today's climate, this can be very scary. And it can be very tempting to focus in on all the places that, that scare you. And it can be very, very tempting to get overwhelmed in trying to create external happiness because you're lacking happiness within. And so that one of the greatest tools is know thyself. Who are you at your authentic core? Are you your addiction? Are you your abuse? Are you your past? Are you your recovery? In all honesty, no. You're the sovereign being that is in the mid middle of it all. And you're special. I mean, not to be gross here, but you beat out a lot of swimmers to be here. You're unique. You're meant to be here in this moment, in this time. I always say, for such a time as this. So if you can begin to just entertain the thought that there is something bigger at play in your life, that there is something bigger that is being molded out of your beginnings, then it can bring you to a place of hope and acceptance. And then that'll leave us in, it lead us right into the place. The second thing I want to talk to you about is acceptance. How do you accept yourself? Well, your words are going to have a lot to do with that as well. How would you treat another human being that came to you for help in the shape that, that you're in? So if somebody came to you and they felt like God's little joke and they were completely confused about who they were and they felt completely rejected in the world and and they they numbed their pain and they made all these mistakes while they were in this pain. I mean, how would you treat them? Would you be compassionate? You probably would. You wouldn't say you're an idiot. You wouldn't say, well, you fucked it all up. You might as well just forget about it. Or, well, this is your life. Accept it. You wouldn't say that. You would have compassion. You would try to pick them up. You would try to give them some type of hope. You would try to give them some type of advice. And so that same, there is that human that is living within you. That is longing for acceptance. That child in you that was neglected is asking you for acceptance. That child in you that was abused is asking you for protection. That divine feminine within you is asking you for, for healing. That divine masculine in you is asking you to hold space for it. 
and everything you've ever been through and everything you've ever put yourself through, they all deserve a seat at the table. And a lot of what our relapses come from are those voices and those spaces within us that have been longing for healing, that have been coming up within our awareness because it says, hey, I'm here and I need to be seen. And the longer we push them away from the table and we don't honor them because I don't want to think about that negative part of my life. I don't want to think about all that. The more we push it away, the more we resist, it persists. And then finally the fuse hits the bomb and boom. And that's okay. Because then what do we have to do? We start picking up the pieces. We start molding them together. Because these mistakes, these failures, these become the stepping stones to our success. Our destiny does not have to be defined by our past. And your power of choice is what determines how you use this experience and at some point if you can really lean into this type of healing you start to believe that it is divine that you're almost been chosen to go through this in a way you know when i was doing that video and i had to answer that question my answer was i have to be in a place of gratitude I have to be in a place of gratitude for, for that. Because without that, I don't get to have this. And thank God that I get to have this today. And so the path to start to get here, again, becomes awareness and acceptance. And, you know, if you have that moment of relapse, you may not be ready to kind of accept that, okay, it, it, it happened and start to dissect it, but don't let it linger and sit and marinate in all of this negativity so long that you give up. I did that so many times because I didn't realize, I didn't realize what recovery was. All I knew from that old language was clean and sober. So if I'm not clean and sober, then I'm failing. And so you do the things where you try to hang on to this sobriety, but you don't change anything in here and you don't change anything in here. So then it just becomes this push and pull game of trying not to use those old coping skills. And how long can you hold something back? What's calling out to you today? What place in your life is calling out to you? What, what, what is your stress telling you about your experience? What is your surroundings telling you about what's happening within you? Because what's happening with outside, outside of you is happening within you. And many times that outside, the, the, the circumstance, the, the external, you know, things, are really coming from within us. And they're a direct expression of how our thoughts process. I am prone to clutter, let me tell you. I'm prone to clutter, and I'm still dissecting that. But the way that I see it is when I get 
in a place where where everything just becomes cluttered, I also have to take a step back and realize that I'm in a place of overwhelm. That many times my thoughts are cluttered. Many times my feelings are cluttered. Many times I've taken on more than I can really handle at work. And now I get in this place uh, of this old reaction of I'm overwhelmed and I can't handle this. And my surroundings begin to start showing that. And so when you get in those places, there, there are some things that you can do. You can take yourself out of that environment and begin to just sit with yourself. You can go on a walk. You can hydrate yourself. There are so many different things that we have to make balance out between our external and our internal. You know, we're seeking balance. I think that peace really equals balance. If I'm experiencing peace in my life, it means I've learned how to balance the external and the internal. For the, for, for the majority of my life, I was chasing the external happiness. If I lose this weight, then I'm going to be happy because it's my weight that's the problem. If I get clean and sober, then I will, you know, conquer. I will find happiness because it's my drug use or my alcoholism that's causing me all the pain. Those are all just results. They're just results of, of, of what's happening inside. So for me, you know, as an example, the weight thing, I was more hopeless than ever when I lost all the weight and realized, oh shit, I still feel broken. Yeah, there were some positive things from external validation from people, but that only goes surface deep. Their validation or, or their, oh, good job, did not penetrate down into my soul. And therefore, that in and of itself let me hope, left me hopeless. And I began to dive deep into substance use. And it got deeper and deeper every single time I thought that changing something outside of me was going to create the happiness within me. So I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt, and I'm going to start to close this thing out. But I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt. If you are seeking happiness and peace, start within. Start inside of you. And if you are balancing these things out, especially in like for, for, for people that are, are, are transitioning their gender, make sure you are balancing out the external with the internal. If not, these things are going to one side of the scale is going to tip to the other. And if you do all it takes to change your body and you never change the inside of you, you're going to be left hopeless. And you're going to start to grab onto what you can control. And you're going to start saying, oh, oh, I'm a victim of the medical world. I'm a victim of this evil transgenderness. I'm a victim of this. But if you'll balance both, if you'll put as much effort into healing inside of you, coming to a place of acceptance, realizing that you are divine and sovereign and realizing that this is an experience this life experience is yours and you have the power to choose how 
you see it, experience it, and live through it. Don't be a ship out on the ocean with no charted course and, and nobody sitting at the helm. Start to take the little places in your life where you can actually execute your power of choice and begin to see the results within that. Self-love, the word self-love, I mean, the phrase self-love is so overused in this time that, that it waters down how important it is. The same with acceptance. The same with authenticity. See, I know who you are at your authentic core. I know who you are because I know who I am at my authentic core. And there is a powerful freedom that comes in knowing who you are as an authentic human being. And that authenticity is not how you identify. That authenticity is not how truthful you are or honest you are. That, that authenticity is that you are wonderfully and perfectly made. And whatever the experience is of your life, that is the experience you are supposed to have, alchemize and transmute and heal in this life. <laughs> I told my wife the other day when we were talking about our relationship and our and our history and just how much we've packed in to, to these 18 years and me being 49 years old, how much life has been packed in. I told her, I said, I feel like I'm running on fire through karma in this lifetime, you know, like I am running a karmic marathon to try to, to, to transmute all this and heal all this. So who are you today in your story? Are you here to change your generational lines? Are you here to make a new choice? Are you here to create a new life and an experience for generations to come? Are you here to give your gifts to the world? Are you here because you are divinely purposed and called, you are. You are. And I don't know what that thing is. And maybe you don't either right now. But the more you begin to know thyself, the more you begin to ex exert your power of choice and change of your perception, the more you put your tools to work and begin to start knowing yourself and being compassionate and speaking about yourself as the true divine being that you are, the more you're going to begin to expand, evolve, and be connected. And that's what we are. The disease of addiction is the antidote is not clean and sober. It truly is connection. Not, so, not even just necessarily connection with others who share your struggle, but connection with you. Because when we're out there in active addiction, we are in an active disconnect with ourselves. When I realized that all I had to do was just stop running from myself and turn around, I was blown away at how easy that was. Just stop running. Just stop running away from yourself today. Turn around and look yourself dead in the eyes. And make a pact that we're going to heal. We're going to heal. Because what hasn't killed you has made you stronger. So harness the power of who you truly, truly are.
You're a divine warrior, baby. And I'm grateful to be in your presence. I am blessed to be in your presence. So I hope, I hope, hope, hope that somewhere that you found something in this message somewhere. No, thank you, Opal. Thank you for being here. Um, I hope you found something in this message that resonates with you. I really, really do. If you do, please do all the things, you know, the like, the shares, the subscribes, all the stuff that I got to say. If, um, if you're blessed by our content and can become a, consider becoming a monthly supporter, that would be great. If not, just be in here. Just you being here is so important to me. But if you want to do that, you can go to www.anchor.fm forward slash recovery soul food and click on the support button. And or you can absolutely follow us on Instagram and TikTok at recovery soul food. Instagram is recovery underscore soul food. You can like the video, you can subscribe, you can share it with somebody that you feel like maybe could get, could gain benefit from it. And otherwise, man, just thank you for keep showing up here and keep showing up for yourself. That's the most important thing. And I know that you're going to have an amazing week. You know, amazing doesn't have to mean perfectly positive. Amazing is that you're alive and you're going through this life and everything you're going through, you realize that there is a choice and how you define it. and. That you're really blessed to be here. So many of the people that we know are no longer here with us. And so it is on their wings. I promise you that I stand and continue to speak up and speak out about the power of recovery and the power of healing. Because I owe that to them. I owe it to myself. And I owe it to you. And so I love you. I truly, truly do. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you next Saturday night live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard on uh, YouTube, here on Facebook, Recovery Revolution. Uh, I, I love you so much, and I'll see you everywhere. And also, we got some new guests coming in. I, I'm getting ready to start recording some new episodes. This is Season 5 of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast, and this is the Virtual Mentor season. So I'm looking forward to all that we're going to bring in for you this season. So until next week, know that I love you. I believe in you. And I promise you, I promise you can get up from your give up and you can create a life you love. All right, y'all. Till next time. Have a great week. Bye.